Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's called Mad Sounds. One goes out to Mr. Alan Smile. Hello, welcome to the Mad Sounds podcast. This week I'm joined by Matt Maynard. How are you, mate? Very well, mate. Yep, good. I've got my cup of tea here, just uh, post-roast yeah. dinner. And... Uh, plain mug, though. No design. Um, to... It's true. Standard it's IKEA mug, to be fair. Possibly. Don't know where Apologies. you're shop. I'll come with like a, an Arctic Monkeys mug next time, I think. It's not the only mug on my screen at the moment. Because <laughs> <laughs> Ben Wells is here. <laughs> not in reference to Ben Wells, who's uh, <laughs> Ben, formerly football Ben. How are you, mate? Yeah, not bad, thanks, mate. Um, also, got a mug. Uh, yeah, Easter, yeah. An Easter egg special, one of the freebies. Cadbury mini eggs. I love love those. Just the, best mu- the best mug, because it's free. You've got a few of those, have you? Mate. <laughs> okay, so, Matt, what have we got coming up? The music news has been kind of quiet over the last yeah. couple of months, which is a great time for us to have a, a small podcast break. But do check out our um, Tranquility-based hotel and casino Knights of the Realm podcast that special that we did with our esteemed guest, an amazing look into Arts and Monkeys' sixth album. So do yeah. check it out. Full two hours is, as well. Is there any reason why you've reviewed the two worst Arts and Monkeys albums so far? Ooh. Oh, here he is. Yeah, he is. Only his second cap. Only his second cap for the podcast, and he's off. He's on with these bad takes. <laughs> Other takes coming from this boy, you know. Fourth and fifth, respectively, aren't they? Excuse me. Um, I think I would call one of them their greatest album. <laughs> and one of them their most interesting. So, Anyway, coming up on today's podcast, uh, we're going to be talking about the albums that have been out in the last couple of months. Um, what's been good, what hasn't. That includes the likes of the Idols, Lemon Twigs, Doves, The Killers. Between us, we've kind of covered all bases and listened to all those albums. We're talking about gigs. What's going to be going ahead? What do we expect to happen at the end of the year? What are we excited by? What what bands have got are going on tour? We're going to be talking. Well, I'm going to be talking about my prediction of who was going to win Mercury and how right I was. So stay tuned for that. We're also going to be talking to us about fantasy football and telling us which indie band are top of the league. Well, they're not quite. They're third, but they're doing well. Yeah, uh, so let's, I thought we'd kick off and maybe just go around the table and see what our favourite news story was um, from the last month. Um, I've bought my own one. I want to start with this one, actually. Oh, yeah. um, it's uh, a gig. An actual gig happened, and it was the Flaming Lips played to a pretty pretty classic crowd. The only thing is, the whole crowd were in those, you know, those Zorb things, those inflatable <laughs> transparent that, you know, They just remind me on a fucking stag do. Um, <laughs> like, like, and, and I just... You know when you see a picture and you just think it might, it can't possibly be real life. But so grateful the gig is going on. But um, I, I, even I'm missing them quite a lot. I'm, I'm not not having that. It would look, it would look fucking awful to be fair. It's, yeah, it might sound like a random question. What was the weather like during that gig? I think it was indoors. Indoors, I can imagine just that would be horrible though. Like being in one of them Zorb balls in even like 
temperature heat, you're sweating. I, I knew you were going for the heat angle. I knew it because you, a man that in the summer carries around like his own personal fan. <laughs> all to oh, yeah. Just, yeah, I'm a, I'm a sweaty man. But <laughs> how many how many zorbs do you reckon you could fit in like on the pyramid like the pyramid stage field? We could stack them, couldn't you, for a start? So if this is the only way that Glastonbury will go ahead, then I'll take the zorbs. I'm not. Them. I'm not. Wellesie <laughs> is on a campaign to stop Glastonbury because I'm not, well, he's not got a ticket. Do you realise this? <laughs> and it's a disgrace. He needs. He's been tweeting Emily Evis every day for the last like 95 days, telling her to not have it on. I just better. find it unfair that I didn't get a ticket and sort of everybody else did. So, uh, and then we're going to be carried on to next year. I didn't you get to there. Oh, I, no, I didn't was... go in for one, but you know, it's not not the point. No, I, I didn't get one, but I reckon <laughs> you, know, you know those stupid like you know when you're at work, like guess how many um guess how many sweets are in the jar. <laughs> invite anyone that I'll dedicate listenership to guess how many people you could fit on an actual field in Zorbs, and um and yeah, please please send us your responses because um. <laughs> That, so you're gonna tweet that picture, right? You're gonna find. Out. Yeah, I'm gonna put the flag. I'm gonna put a picture of the flame. And he's not the, the bloke. The lead singer's not even on a stage. He's just on top of the whole like Zorb pit thing. It, it's, it's absolutely awful. Is he, is, sorry, is he? He's saying he's bouncing across the Zorbs in the crowd. Yeah, it looks like it, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's just like this next one goes out to his person <laughs> underneath me, and yes, it, it looks. Uh, as I say, a bit awful, but at least the gig went ahead, and it gives us some sort of hope for the the near future that some someone, some genius, might work away, uh, you know, might work it out so we can actually fucking go to one. But uh, Matt, what was what was your news story? What do you, what do you want to bring on? Pop acts from the eighties and nineties, including Right Said Fred, Paul Young, <laughs> Toya, whose income from live performances has slumped during the coronavirus pandemic, mm-hmm. are recording their hits for a new pay per view series being streamed online so also you've got like the likes of chesney hawks kim wilde steve harley i think this is just quite hilarious that they're kind of well it's fair play to them um you know everyone's got to earn their slice but i was thinking imagine if we could get a different version of like indie bands having their own little pay-per-view like which bands would it take for you to like you know basically give up your spotify subscription and start on the pay-per-view because this is almost a bit like the Premier League now. We've got their £15 per game thing going on right now. Mm. You know, this is an additional cost to your musical um, listening experience you've got to pay. So uh, who the hell is going to be fucking paying for Right Said Fred, Paul Young and Chesney <laughs> Hawks? Does that come as like a package? Like you like that's, the, that's like the premium package or the... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got to choose what package you want. Yeah. Like, the gold is like obviously Chesney, Paul Young. Yeah. <laughs> Silver, you're looking at. If this is gold, then what is down on silver? Yeah, what are you getting from? <laughs> Do you think we should have the uh, indie landfill package? Like, who could you get on that? The rates like, have the rates have been really quiet for years and years. I, I would you pay three eighty nine a month for a bit of rakes new material? A rakes reunion. Yeah, the rakes. I'll I'll throw you know, who else? Pigeon detectives. Well, but I'm I'm confused as to what the concept is. Is it just they're putting their music on? Well, they're actually re-recording their singles as well. See that's worse because I'd rather <laughs> didn't re-record stuff. Like, say, 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 in fifty years' time, the Arctic Monkey said, "Yeah, we're going to re-record everything, and you're going to pay extra for it." And they just yeah. sound frail. Like, you wouldn't want that, would you? No. You want the peak stuff. You want no, it as it exactly. is. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Who the who the hell wants Chesley Hawks now? Yeah. Let alone didn't want him then. Let alone now. <laughs> the subscription package, like the future, like your favorite bands, you pay like. You know, two ninety nine a month, and you get like 
I know a welcome T-shirt and a, a little a badge and a, a membership <laughs> or something like that. Like, to be honest, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible shout. Uh, it's, like because people want to people want to support music artists, don't they? You know, probably pay for it. Yeah, uh, I th- it might be the future and just like just having like a subscription model. But there are so many bands, and you know, kid, you know, how many do you support and how many people be out? I guess if the subscription fee is quite low. Like if Chen, if Chesney Hawks is doing a banging out a twenty pound package, I don't think it's going to be interesting. It it is also <laughs> it is a live. Um, so just reading more into it because you know obviously I didn't do my full research before. Um, it's like a live performance like show, so they're all going to play and it's going to have be like a top of the pop style throw together of all them playing. Top of the pops, which is famously cancelled because <laughs> no one watched it. <laughs> well, they're, they're actually going to stream it at the same time that Top of the Pops went out on Thursday nights. <laughs> Wow. Apparently, and deliver a modern twist on the long-running music show that was cancelled <laughs> in 2006. A modern twist? What, with Chesney fucking Hawks yeah. and Kim Wilde? I feel, I feel bad almost, like, sort of shitting on these people, because they are trying something different and fair play to them. Yeah, but yeah. We at are the same time, it's one of the things that just doesn't seem like it's, it's not going to take off, is it? I'd be very surprised if it did. No. Well, there you go. That's, that's my story. What, Wellesie, what, 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 what would you decide to bring on to, to show and tell? Yeah, I think it's been it's been a bit of a sort of quiet few months, really, isn't it? It's oh, you are you gonna agree quiet. with that now, are you? Yeah, no. At first, I was thinking there's a lot a lot going on, but there wasn't really a lot in terms of sort of news stories. I think it's been a lot of new release stuff, but yeah. In terms, in terms of actual news, like obviously the biggest ones, I will come on to the land for a debate later. But obviously, like the whole idols beef with um, Fat White Family and yeah. Sleep with Mods recently has been pretty pretty fun to follow uh, that's been simmering for the last few years um yeah just, just, yeah just i find it a bit it. strange it's just a lot of middle class people abusing <laughs> a lot of other middle class people really in a way i feel a bit sorry for idols because they're just a band and they're making music they're getting accused of being called like champagne socialists and whatnot and i think that's probably in a way a fair accusation but at the same time it's like mm. a lot of people accusing them of this like well what have you done yeah <laughs> ever <laughs> If you're, it's like if you're a middle class socialist, you'll always be accused of being a champagne socialist, <clears throat> right? You really? Yeah, you, you cannot win. And like, I, I, I sort of read the article of um, Lias Saudio, who's the fat white yeah. lead singer, who wrote really, really excellent piece about it. Um, some of the words I didn't understand. He's also a very <laughs> yes. <virgin> bloke. <laughs> um, but generally, sort of a, the gist of the article was, I think, sort of well-intentioned but still like sort of just slagging off idols at the crux of it and it's yeah, yeah. it's just a bit like i mean especially at the moment you don't it's just i'm not sure i just i just think it was a bit sort of baseless a bit pointless yeah bit of a pointless beef but it did liven up my week um, <laughs> you got, got people like people with like, quite left-wing values slagging other people who've got left-wing values slagging off other people who've got like left-wing values sorry then it's not it's not really going to work, is it? In a, in a no. Where you're supposed to stick together and fight for the same thing. Well, exactly. I, 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 get, I get the angle. Like, idols don't look or sound like people from, from an estate or anything like that. Mm. But, I mean, music music rarely throws up that sort of act. Music really rarely throws up. Like, like just like just for example, say, like, I, I do connect more, a bit more with an album, like, say, Jamie Webster's album that came out recently because it just hits a bit more, maybe because mm. he's from Liverpool and maybe you know a bit more about his background and he mentions it more in his music, whereas I think that the take on Idols was they're singing about these things, but have they really lived it? I mean, we, we don't know, to be fair. I haven't mm. done much reading on well, that. Well, let's see. Background. And I think, but, I think generally you'd say they haven't, but, like, at the same time, it's just sort of like, well, it's so hard now for like 
you know young working class lads start a band and the costs involved with that yeah like it's rare it's like will you, will you ever see an like another oasis or something like that it's probably going to be quite rare because mm. just for costs involved and we're like it's probably not going to lend itself to yeah you know, like someone who's come from nothing a lot of the time yeah. it's all a bit sort of like sneery from both sides I yeah think. like Maybe it's just a sort of jealousy as well. Yeah. 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 It just sort of sums up like the Labour Party in general in the last sort of 10 years, just absolutely eating itself from the it's inside out. Just a lot of infighting about people who probably agree on most yeah. most social issues. Yeah. No, fair play. Yeah. But um, always good. Always good to have a bit of a music beef, whatever it is. You know, <laughs> yeah. Be, it could be, it could be Stormzy or Chip, but we'll, we'll save that for the Mad Sounds uh, hip hop podcast. <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. I haven't been told about that one. Do you do that one? Is that is it? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Shit. I've been invited onto that. Well, one. See, we, we, the game's up, mate. Yeah, you know. he forget about. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's talking the news. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of new albums coming out, despite you know lockdown and everything. That people are still releasing. People are still buying as well, which is like, encouraging. Um, the first one, which probably touch on probably the biggest release in terms of. Uh, Terms of commercial is probably the killers. I listened to full listen to this today, and I've got to say, like, when the killers bring an album out, it's a bit like when Kings of Leon or Coldplay bring an album out. I just think of them as stadium bands, and I don't rush to listen to their albums anymore. A, because I'm probably not going to be as good as the first two or three, and B, because I mean, it that, that they, they released the last one in 2017, and I listened to that one when it came out, I was quite excited. And three years have gone by and I've just got less excited about these releases. But I did give it a listen. And um, like we were chatting earlier, Wellesley, like the reviews seem to be like really good. And I don't know if that's an industry thing where they're just patting them on the back, but that, but I, it didn't warrant the reviews for me. It just sounded like a fairly standard release. Yeah, I'd sort of agree. I think, I mean, I was told to listen to it about two minutes before we start this podcast. I'd sort of cram it in a bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't had a, to be honest with you, I wasn't aware they'd actually released an album. I mean, I, I I'm not the biggest Killers fan in the world, but I used to, I used to really like them. The first sort of three albums I was really big on, but I think Battleborn and Wonderful One for the last two just sort of passed me by completely. And yeah, had a listen, wasn't too fast of them. But yeah, I know it's like the reviews of this are really good. Like compared to their last couple of albums, reviews have been pretty pretty spot on to be honest. Um, but yeah, I had a little listen. I just thought like similar to what you were saying, it's just. It's stadium rock, isn't it? And yeah. they're, they're obviously they're very good at creating songs for stadiums and like for live shows, but not one of those songs sort of stuck in my memory. No. I, like, I couldn't name you one song that stood out particularly. It just sort of sounded like, you know, one into the next. It was all a sort of, you know, the same sort of thing essentially. And yeah, I, don't, I just think I think the problem with Killers is they they are just sort of recycling the same idea over and over now and. Especially because a lot of the music, I don't know if you remember when um, Brandon Flowers released his solo album a long yeah. time ago, when he, he took a little break from the Killers, yeah. he released a solo album. And all the recent Killer stuff sounds exactly like that because, you know, the Killers is essentially a solo project these days. It's only really him and the drummer, uh, Ronnie Venucci, who tour. I think one of the guitarists or bassists records of him sometimes, but yeah. otherwise it's mainly just, mainly just um, Brandon Flowers and Ronnie on drums. So... Yeah, it's just getting a bit samey, and I wasn't, I wasn't blown away of it myself. It's, it's mad though, like a band as big as like, it's like, <clears> like you say these stadium rock bands. I just don't feel the anticipation for their album is there anymore. 
it is more about the tour and how many dates they can make. Like they're playing the Emirates, they're playing Emirates Stadium yeah. in London, and they're playing loads of stadiums up and down the country. It feels a bit like right, we'll get the album out and we'll play a few songs off it when we go on tour, but it's more about selling out these. And to be fair to them, they, they, they sell out like every tour they do and the mass, like massive numbers. They go bigger than the O2, like I say, they go to stadiums and everything. It seems more get the album out of the way, but let's do a massive tour off the back of it. Um, yeah. I think Coldplay's last album, though, like just as a separate topic, like I think they did the album and there was no tour, like no tour plan, which I thought was really weird. But like, you do just feel like, all right, they bought the album out. Like, let's see how like how many hundred dates they can do or whatever. And it just feels a bit like that. But maybe well, I guess in terms of, in terms of sales, they're probably still up there, aren't they? In terms of album yeah. sales, but oh, it like shot to number one, like straight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, but it is just sort of well, for killers play a show and a stadium show, do they need any new songs? to no. play live they don't really do they like they could they've got enough in their backs like set list to tie them over for 20 songs comfortably didn't they so yeah exactly yeah. matt you uh you're really into quite into the lemon twigs new album yeah well i'm certainly into the band the lemon twigs uh songs <clears throat> in general public was the album that came out in august obviously we haven't podded um much since then it's a really kind of it's, i really like their second album so this is their third album i think their songs are really like nice and melodic and like they go they don't quite go where you expect them to go but they still it still feels like it's 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 pleasant on the ears when you're listening this album is way more experimental just so many different influences i'm kind of like hot struggling to pin it down for like on different tracks like there are definitely rewarding bits and having listened to it a few times now it gets better with each listen but it, it's one of those i mean we we talked about an album maybe a bit like this recently was tranquility based on hotel and casino it's going to take a lot of listens and a lot, it's going to there'll be a lot more hidden rewards but Having said that, I still don't think it's all completely landed. So it's kind of a bit of a mixed review for me at the moment. I think it could be good, but it still it might not pay off. So I'm kind mm. of like, you know, giving it the three, three and a half star treatment at the moment. Where, about, where do you think they are as a band, Lemon Tweeth? Because I remember the only time I've seen them was when they supported the Arctic Monkeys at um, yeah. Yo 2. Like, what, what sort of, because I, I don't really know the band that well. I've not really listened to much of their stuff. Well, it's but like a, in, ter- in terms of venues, like where would you sort of put them in? Like in terms of like maybe like London venues or something, or UK venues. Like how big are they? Brixton Electric or something, aren't they? I think like, I don't know. Kent- they're... Kentish Town Forum or yeah, something like that. They're, they're yeah. smaller venues, and I wouldn't. I wondered with this album because they did have a little bit of a cult following. I would say, you know, when you've got people like Alex Turner, that are like he's famously a, a big fan of theirs. Um, you would think that they would, could use that, and this would, album would be a bit of a springboard, but. So I thought it might be a bit more accessible, um, a bit more poppy. Um, but it, you know, they've clearly just they're doing what they want to do and fair play to them. But um yeah, I can't imagine that this album will propel them. Hmm. One 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 album that has come out recently, it's got really, really good reviews and like obviously I'm a massive fan and uh, dubs had uh, bought out the universal want and um I re- I really, really like it. Like I obviously I've got my biases, but I think dubs have got this thing for being quite consistent um obviously they've been away for ages and ages but i think they're i think dubs are one of those bands who that have sort of a they've got the respect of like most of the music press they're not i don't think they're ever going to bring out an album and, and everyone's going to go oh fucking hell have you heard dubs they're just they're just quite although they never really like reached the levels of fame when they when they came out they they, they came about in a bit of a barren period for indie music between like 2000 and 2004 maybe miss that like late nineties wave that they could have caught on to when they, they were another band called Sub Sub. Um, but they've, they bought out three albums, like three years in the early two thousands. And 
one in 2009 and they took like a really long break but it's really good it's it, it sounds like old dubs and to be fair like um like even like I was watching like Formula One the other day and like seeing the track come come on the back like it's it's getting quite a lot of good. The new singles I love. I think I've heard the singles and yeah, I think they're really strong singles. So they yeah. do know how to write a decent catchy sort of like rocky indie whatever you want to call it like tune, don't they? Obviously, yeah. the one that everyone, the, the, the non doves fans out there, if they're listening, and I'm sure there's a fair well, <laughs> yeah. Um, Black and White Town was the big one for a lot of people. FIFA years wasn't it? It's such a banger. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, it was on FIFA 05, I think. Um, yeah. Possibly and 05, I think 05. They, but they've written but a few songs a bit like that. Yeah, it was, it was on one of the mid 2000s FIFA. Yeah, they have. They, and the most famous song is prob- that, probably that or There Goes the Fear, which um, I see on Premier League years, like when like Sunderland have lost <laughs> yeah. a game. I've they do like, fit football, don't they, quite well? They are quite, yeah, they are quite a football-y band. Soccer AM, they? they're very, they've probably been in Soccer AM about seven times, haven't they? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, actually, I've never seen them on it. I, I really, I hope so, though. I, I mean, I think they've probably just been played on yeah. there every Soccer AM is the barometer of, um, of all things. You know, <laughs> Soccer AM this good week. When it comes, if you're not Soccer AM, then you've, you've made it, haven't you? Who are the most <laughs> the most soccer and bands? You know, you're talking the enemy. Oh, Razor Light up there. Razor Light, yeah. Just, just like, We've got no one else. Russian will need to give him a text. Can you make it down here in well, an hour? Back in the day, you used to get like Noel would go on like quite a lot, wouldn't he? Because he loves his football, obviously. Yeah, you know, uh, no, back in yeah, back in the day when it was like Carl Barrett Chamberlain. Yeah, it would be Carl like... Barrett's been on with Noel. That's how mental. Imagine that. Soccer <laughs> okay. used to get the ratings, man. Honestly, it's always um, obviously like not anymore, but like. Well, this week was Martin Kemp and Roman Kemp. That's not I, that bad. I saw that. And that just that bad. I just goes that just goes to show we'll slag soccer AM off to the hill, but we'll still give it a watch on a Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> we'll still yeah. give it a watch. Well, well I'll stick it on. I'll start the day off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in a WhatsApp group of mine would always be saying, Anyone watching Soccer AM? Just because they were yeah. safely go, yeah. But yeah, in soccer on soccer AM when the, the band's on, it's always like, right, so new album out next week, tell us yeah. about it. And there's here's a preview of the new single, and it's like some corny music video, like strumming a guitar, and it's like and every like the whoever, whichever fans are in, like I don't know, West Ham or Hull, give it a like, yeah, good single, yeah. good single. <laughs> good age. Um yeah, great good age. Good age. Uh, West Ham fans are doing the volume six. <laughs> <laughs> West Ham fans, Rake's new single. What do you think? Yeah, love it, mate. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> it, they, they are they are quite soccer AME. Uh, I uh, the and the other one we uh, we need to talk about probably probably the big one in the indie world. Uh, I don't think they've been on soccer AM, but Idols, obviously, like previously mentioned just a few minutes previously ago, mentioned. I bought out Ultra Mono, Wellsy, take us away. Yeah, they have. Um, <laughs> I think it was. It's probably one of the most anticipated albums of the year. I guess Ultra Mono, wasn't it? Is They've they've had so much success over, maybe not the first album, but the most recent album, um, Joy is an Act of Resistance, yeah. was massive, wasn't it? It was absolutely huge yeah. for them. And yeah. Off the back of that, I think expectation for this one went through the roof a lot. Um, I was a bit sort of cautious around it because you know I love the first album, I love the second album. I think they're both great in their own right, but I wanted to sort of see which direction they'd go this new one. And um, yeah, reading the sort of pre-release stuff um they teamed up with uh, kenny beats a producer who's does a lot of like sort of hip-hop beats a lot of more poppy stuff so immediately that was sort of a warning sign going off in my head a little bit thinking okay what, what are they doing here well, <laughs> and then, uh, um, like do you remember slave's second album when they worked with um what do you call him beastie boy the beastie boys guy um and then their second album was not that great yeah yeah <laughs> 
no, it's it's a sort of crossover of um of genres that sometimes goes a bit amiss, I think. And yeah, I was listening to some of like the early singles that came out. Mr. Motivator wasn't that sold on. I thought Grounds was a pretty good tune, and I've yeah, that's a re- very wow. good running tune. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've listened to the album a few times now, and I think I don't really, I don't because really, half of it is very good, and I I do like certain songs on it, but yeah. I think as an album, it just sort of doesn't quite hit for me. Fine. It's almost sort of like, it's almost too one-dimensional throughout, I think. And I think people probably disagree with me saying that. But I was hoping for maybe a bit more sort of invention, I guess. And it just sort of sounded, a lot of it sounded very similar to, you know, it, different cuts on the last two albums. Yeah, it's not it's not a massive evolution, is it? I don't <clears> think. <throat> but then I don't know what we would expect with Idols. It's hard when you're a punk band, I think, to evolve that much. I think yeah, what, yeah, you really change what you are if you kind of start changing the sound up, really. Yeah, like, I think it's such a defined sound. Yeah, the thing I compare it to is I don't know if you've heard Royal Blood's new track that's come out. Yeah, I, I have heard it. And it's sort of a similar thing as that, like how far can you go with that sort of that music yeah. without being repetitive? Yeah. Uh, again, similar to Idols, Royal Blood's first two albums have been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, but when you do you get you get to that third album and think, okay, they're just gonna release another a loud another loud album that just does the same thing. And it it sort of feels a bit like that for me for idols and probably will feel like that for me when Royal Blood release theirs as well. I would I would give them some credit. I think they get away with it for this third album because they have made it a bit, as you say, a bit more accessible, a bit poppier. I think war is an absolute banger. Like just you know, it's, it isn't easy to write a banging pop punk or whatever you want to call it, like a pop rock song, really, mm. and just get everyone singing along, which I think that song will. And yeah, so I, I think this album is good. Do you think it's, I mean, you're probably going to say no, Wellesley. Do you think it's as good as Fontaine's album? Because I think they're almost like a little duo rivalry, probably not pitted against each other by themselves. They're, they're on the same but... label, aren't they? They're on Partisan, I think. Partisan, but, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so do you think that their album's as good as Fontaine's? Uh, to be honest, I don't think it's anywhere near in terms of quality. Yeah, I mean, I it's hard to say because like I don't want to categorize myself as like preferring Fontaine's over Idols because I think like before these both venue albums, I, you know, I liked them pretty pretty similar, I guess. Um, I think Fontaine's is a nice evolution without sort of doing anything too mad. Whilst I think Idols, I think they're I I just feel like it's a, they're getting quite one dimensional. I, I I like I said, I do like half the album, but and a lot of the songs do hit quite well for me like you said like wars are a, a banging tune and yeah that is their sort of bread and butter at the end of the day isn't it they they make very catchy loud songs great i think the problem is when they when they go away from that and make songs that are more ballady or yeah so like um the song on the album a hymn i think it's called just doesn't work for me i know a lot of people really like it and i think lyrically it's pretty good yeah but as a song i'm it's not really sort of in keeping with what I like from idols. Mm. But I feel like I feel like at the same time I'm criticizing for being one dimensional whilst also criticizing when they do something a bit different. So I'm sort of picking <laughs> myself a bit here. But no, but it's, it's, it's that point that we made, isn't it? It's difficult for bands, punk bands specifically, because it's such a defined genre to, yeah. to sort of break out and do something yeah. different. Well, it's sort of, uh, so it sort of leads on to what we're going to talk about next, which is obviously that their all their gigs went on sale and they like gig tickets in general are still like flying off the shelves like Foles announced a show just after Glastonbury due to happen and the tickets just flew off as well 
it is really, really good to see people are just like, even though we've gone through a global pandemic, just want to get back to gigs and want to just get back out there and just get as many in. Because there's going to be loads to go to when it gets back to normality. There's a massive black hole of cash that bands need to go and earn. And there's, you know, labels and promoters and venues as well. So there's going to be like loads and loads to choose from. And you just presume all the festivals are still going to go ahead as well. But like, when do we think we're going to be back at a gig? Like, can you, yeah, I know. Can you put a date on it? Uh, like I don't see it being like, gig? I don't know. Like, I think you'll get socially distanced gigs in next spring. I also think with the thing with COVID, and look, we're not going to have a scientific chat about COVID on this show, but the the if the weather thing comes into it a bit. So I think as the weather gets warmer next spring, you'll kind of see more outdoor stuff going on, and socially distanced gigs will probably kick in, and you'll just sort of head towards bigger socially distanced gigs but i don't see like a glastonbury happening to be honest no i mean what's it what is it eight months away uh, it's, yeah i don't know even that um which um, means wellesley will have to decide whether he wants to campaign for it to <laughs> the tickets to roll over for the next year well i don't make sure you, you can't roll two years over well you could why not you can roll one you can roll uh, two. just keep just re-release and let everyone have a fair shot we're all two years older now aren't we <laughs> That's there's people who will be 18 who will want to go you know maybe, maybe 16 they could have gone they could have gone when they were 16 you don't have to be 18 to go to Glastonbury yeah but you can't enjoy it can you? <laughs> your mum wouldn't let you mum <laughs> wouldn't let you <laughs> it's, uh, just, it's just it's like painful I know it sounds like this is I think it's a bit like the, the Fiat 500 equivalent of indie Twitter going God, I just miss gigs so much and then that <laughs> you know that little emoji with the massive eyes like Oh, yeah. but it's it does sound a bit gimmicky like oh I'm missing gigs but i really am like it's just that um obviously we can't do our indie night either because no one's allowed in clubs either and it's just like it just feels that plug in there it, yeah. <laughs> the old blue last in the victoria most weekends Hit that down there five pound on the door um and if um say hi to a rene on the door but um, <laughs> if you don't but aren't you so excited because like, i feel like when it all does come back Everyone's just gonna go out every weekend, surely. It's gonna surely. explode. It's gonna absolutely. Yeah, explode. but I think everyone keeps saying this. I don't want to be like a, a Debbie Downer, but there's there's never gonna be that one that one night. There's yeah. never gonna be that moment where you where it's back. You know, it's gonna be filtered. Everyone's so just got vaccinated or something. What, what, <laughs> yeah. what do I think that's a problem. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I'll put I'll put it to you two guys. Like, say if say for example, like I've got. I've got Fontaine's tickets for next year, for example. Mm. Um, if I offered you tickets, 50 quid Fontaine's, but it's socially distanced, would you go for 50 quid? No. Um, probably not. No, it's I'd... debatable, isn't it? It's just because it's like, it's not the same experience, is it? I don't want to be standing there in five metres of space, just sort of, it'd be awkward. Like, what, what do I do in my hands? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, you say that, then I would also say that sometimes the worst part of a gig, it depends on the band, but is just being surrounded by fucking shitloads of people. Sometimes you do just want to comfortably stand there and be like, I want to enjoy this music. You're I showing think, your age I, now. I think, yeah, yeah I think that's the yeah, best part. Uh, get you want the limbs, don't you? You want, you want like, so it depends on my gig. There's some gigs you go to, obviously, where you want to just stand there and enjoy the music. But like Idols, for example, you don't want to stand there no. and just watch them because it's just awkward, isn't it? It's like... yeah. I you want to get the by the Cortinas. I'm not having that socially distant. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine. It would just be Liam Frey's acoustic the entire set. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the only way that would work. It is mad to think, though, like, like sweaty like pits and beer-stained floors will be back one day. As if... <laughs> Maybe they won't. <laughs> Maybe all these 
like restrictions will outlaw oh. things like that. I don't know. That's I, neither do I. I just I just think summer Bleak. 2021, unfortunately, is a bit too optimistic. And I just think that oh, I'd, lo- I'd love know. to just go to. But when it does get back to the money, which it will, there's going to be a bit of fucking gig every week. There's going to be so many put on. The venues are going to be absolutely... Canada's going to be absolutely our, ne- our next topic comes in the form of a controversial, I say controversial, Vice article that came up about, um, is it the top 50 indie landfill songs? Let, let, so let, let's chat about the song that came top of that list, um, which I think is a good starting point for how sort of scattered the article is. It's Chelsea Dagger by the Fratellis. Now, I'm a, I actually quite like the Fratellis, but that song... Awful. Having it top, when... Some of the songs in there are just like absolute gold, like, and they properly define what indie landfill should have been. Yeah, and to put that top was just what, what an absolutely shocking decision. But it depends what they're trying to go for. If the angle is these songs are indie landfill and therefore terrible, which I don't think it was, hmm. then that's fine because that is a terrible song. <laughs> but actually, I think the article is kind of trying to endear us to these wonderful songs that we grew up with the way landfill people got a bit offended by it didn't they like yeah i don't think it's meant in a accusatory you know what way. Is, what it was landfill? really funny the yeah. fallout of it was incredible wasn't it like what yeah. is what is landfill to you though like you two like what would be your definition just means an alien like, from mars all because there were so many bands of that genre yeah it just encapsulates all those different bands and landfill is probably the, the, the ones that didn't quite like because how hard is it to last hmm. like there's probably about five to ten bands that aren't landfill from the indie movement the yeah. rest i would therefore say are landfill but it's yeah. funny yeah it's funny you mention that because like in terms of, like you look on that lists the majority of those bands are still going like their class is landfill indian but like like we were sort of speaking off pod before a bit like it's it sounds like to anyone who doesn't know the term like a derogatory term like landfill indie like you know dumpster rock or whatever but it's it's like a it's a it's well meaning, isn't it? And it yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a fond memory yeah. of that era. Yeah. And like there was there were so many good bands, and it, that was the peak time for the sort of indie music. You know, that's when yeah. bands actually made money, and yeah, like, they were successful. And like, okay, the music itself might not always have been brilliant, and it wasn't. And a lot of those bands did churn out a lot of crap, but. There were so many big tunes then. You don't get that these days. You don't. You don't get that many bands coming on all along all at once. It's the big tunes, isn't it? I think you've nailed it. They're like, remembered for their big tunes, aren't absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. For me, like it. It was like you say, just a lot of bands crowding the same market, but with their regional accent coming through in their songs. A lot of songs about going out and you know, like young love and sort of getting absolutely hammered. And that, like that for me, that was like any good indie landfill band should have a song about that. Like whatever you whichever bands you want to club into that there are a few on there that i thought like maybe someone like the cribs who i think are a bit better than getting that label and like Arts but then Martins, that's the thing if like, i think the point we're arguing as well is that it doesn't really matter if you've got that label right we're saying it's an yeah it's not an offensive label. it's not it, an yeah. offensive thing it but just that, it, i think it just sounds the word landfill doesn't have positive connotations i think that's the problem you yeah. know if it was if it was called like like Britpop is called Britpop for obvious reasons. And you have the shoegazing, you have glam rock, you have all these tags for like different musical, like chronology of genres and it has a tag, but I think landfill people just instantly think it's negative. And like you two are right. Like it's, it's, it's actually meant as like an endearing term for loads of like some, 
that whole list was probably recorded from i mean there's a time span i think in the synopsis yeah. but like i think it's yeah it's, it's hard to sort of pigeonhole a lot of those bands though like for example like you got maccabees on there and i'd argue okay like maybe the first album is first album, yeah. very much landfill indie but when you look at like the last yeah. couple of albums yeah, it, it couldn't be further away from that no so yeah. it's it's for me like the term is more about the era rather than the bands themselves and the songs yeah, rather yeah. than the bands themselves as well because yeah, you could put like something off the art to monkey's first album in there right yeah, yeah we... mardi mardi bum was like eighth or something yeah eighth in the list right it's sorry it's eighth in the list yeah exactly yeah. it's not really about the bands it's not having to go at the bands and saying they're in the landfill yeah. it's it these songs are yeah. from this era there was a lot of shite in that era as well and a, a, a lot maybe that's why a lamp it's like, yeah from. it's like there's an article after with um preston from the ordinary boys and a couple of other guys in the music scene at that time yeah. sort of summarizing it and it was like around that time it was just a load of bands getting big contract deals with record labels because that was the in thing yeah and it was just getting regurgitated and that's why you get bands like one night only yeah but then like yeah for every one night only there was a, a raise light or a cribs or you know rakes or rifles who you know some people might not like but in general i think had a very positive impact mm. on the music scene at that time so yeah, yeah. Lo- local boy by the rifles in that list as well <laughs> Hang on. i think you could have filled the entire list with the rifles back rifles back catalog but <laughs> yeah and that's that is setting dearingly as a rifles fan so yeah yeah you said before we get jumped on by the mob yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. that is yeah. That. i do i do own about three of their albums on record so yeah First album, no real proper fan, untouchable. You still out there, everybody? A big, big up to is it big up? A big shout out is that what the the kids say to shoot music? Who um, are a (laughs) shoot music are a PR music PR company, do a lot with football. And um, they I've stumbled upon their Instagram as part of like an Oasis competition that I tried to win. So, um, in fact, of course, you did, but maybe, uh, yeah, it was for a dartboard actually. Um, but yeah, signed by Noel, was it? Uh, it was a stop, uh, stop the clocks, which is their um like best hits out, greatest hits album that came out so like mid two thousands. It's like on that album cover is like a sort of dartboard shaped clock, and they did yeah. an edition. Yeah, uh, I didn't win it. So, but if you've got any line about, give us one. Um, well, they <laughs> seem to run or be massively a part of this uh, fantasy league that I've uh, run on the official FPL, and it's just full of bands and members of bands. And uh, for I'd make it a running feature where we give you a little update on who's winning. Uh. The, the name that I've recognised the most at the moment in fifth place, and it's a big league and a decent total, 257 points. Ross Millard from the Future Heads, he's up there. Uh, <laughs> well done, Ross. He has got uh, 257 total, but obviously at the time of recording, that's yet to be updated. So uh, Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's not bad, is it? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good, yeah. Um, Doves, Doves are in at 19th. Um, their team is called Doves FC, um, which is... To a point. You know, um, we, yeah, exactly to the point. Not much imagination there. Well, um, we know who they are. Reverend and the Makers, they are... Go on, Rev. They've got oh. representation. Um, John McClure's John Park Rangers in, in at 20th. His brother, Chris. <laughs> wait, hang on. So, wait, Reverend and the Makers have got a team and John McClure's got a team? Or you're saying... That the... I think I think Laura McClure is in the band as well, has got a team. Like, they've all got a team, it seems. On that on that topic though, um, jo- uh, the Rev himself tweeted um, he set up a league, and if the, the winner gets a house gig, so I I told our very own Steve Price to go and enter it as the yeah. fantasy football expert. Although Wellesley this season, you're you're smashing it at FPL. I mean, yeah. purple patch, beginners luck and all that. But you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, ten doing it. 
Yeah, well, you know, um, if we can still enter that league and get a rev out. Good as well. He plays every year. It's just his first year near the top. After my first year, I haven't given up yet. Biffy Clyro, not doing well. Chris Stark of Radio 1, really not doing well this season either. Um, language Shock. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and sports team as well. Big, big up. Oh, yeah. They're in the top 10 and their team name is Fantasy Sports Team. Wow. Um, <laughs> one more well, mention. I like that. <laughs> Magic Gang are in there as well. And t- I think it's my favourite team name. Their team name is Ringo Sar. So, very, very. probably, probably stolen. Yeah, like, but they all are. That's passing the yeah, wisdom. No one, no one really comes up with these, do they? Yeah, but who does? I want to know who comes up with them. Google. You, you Google it and they're there. Last of all, uh, just to touch on the Mercury Prize. Matt, you did call it. With, I, look, with I'm going to start banging my own drum right now. I said on this podcast, it's got to be Michael Kill and we could go back and listen. We said he was best album of the year. Great album at the end of 2019. But I uh, know what odds you could have got if you went down the uh, the bookies with a shiny a score. Yeah, it wasn't actually good. that good because you know, he was the bookies' favourite. So. Nine to four, uh, though. Nine, nine to four. Still got you a decent. Nine to four. He wasn't like one to six or anything or anything. No, no, no. It's still a good call. I thought he was a bigger favourite than Matt. To be fair. Well, maybe by the end. Maybe he, maybe maybe he went. Maybe shortened as it, as it when went. I when I put that massive bet on, they had to shorten the odds. Well, to be fair, right, it shows how little people probably bet on this. But I think sports team. I follow them on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. They were about thirty to one, I think, when the odds were announced to win it. They then tweeted out, "Okay, everyone, put a few quid on this. Good value, whatever." And they got down to about fives, I think, five to what? one on the night. Maybe no, let's be honest, they were never going to win. Good album, but they were never. Why were they win. encouraging people to bet on there? Well, <laughs> that's another story, I guess. <laughs> the um, OG going on there. Do they have shares in like Sky Bet or something? Sports team did, I think. No the lead singer did go and put like a bet on a fifty p for them to have a number one, and they nearly did it. Um, like they lost out, didn't they, to Lady Gaga? Lady Gaga, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, so that, yeah, no, Michael Kimmel, what an amazing album. Um, but anyone that listens to this podcast, I mean, I've banged on about it enough. Check it out because it's fucking great. It's also really just sort of uh, transcends different genres and different fandoms because obviously, like you know, I think an indie fan could love it and enjoy it, and rock music fans, but like a lot of people's like mums, I think, listen to it as well. <laughs> Probably because of Big Little Lies, but because he got um, one of his songs was was the theme music for Big Little Lies. Which it's, is, it's funny you say that because. I thought the exact same thing, like not necessarily Michael Kiwanuka fan, but you listen to the album and you think, yeah, it's going to win a lot of awards. Like that is just a very, very good album, yeah. you know, and you can appreciate that. I think, I think most people would do. So It's the Mercury as well. Like I think we all agree, like universally, like the most sort of respected prize in music. Like it, it, yeah. it's the one that gets everybody talking. It's not the Q Awards, the Enemy Awards or anything like that. It's always the Mercury that, that sort of, Gets talked about amongst the proper music fans, I think. Certainly, yeah. Although I've heard, I've heard a lot of artists are after the eye on the velo more than the Mercury. Yeah, probably. Because yeah. that is that is the songwriting award, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Rather than like the album award, so I guess like I guess from a yeah from a songwriting perspective, if you're someone who sort of takes yeah. yourself very seriously as a an artist, then that's probably the one. Maybe our boy Turner won it in 2018 for four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. So. The only time I've ever had a uh, just going back to the betting thing on a music related bet, um, Matt, you'll you can vouch for this one was when I I, I put five pounds on Macedonia to win Eurovision. Oh god, I was outside the uh, the um, the Moth Club with you, wasn't at, it? At two hundred to one, and we're in the Moth Club. 
the, ro- the results started coming in and I was in the smoking area for about 40 minutes trying to watch it on iPlayer because they were getting absolutely heat loads of votes. And I was fully invested. They lost out on a jury's vote, but I was I was near to win about a thousand pounds on that. Like just this oh. is peak Indianers, isn't it? Like betting on Macedonia to win Eurovision outside a moth club. <laughs> yeah. The brand is the brand, and uh, that's how it's gonna stay. Yeah, a lot of people say mad sounds, they're not in the steam, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they do. If you want to hear more of this wisdom, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at the Mad Sounds Pod. And uh, if you are listening, please hit follow if you're on Spotify and subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts. And you can get your podcast from Acast, Google Pods, Pod Tracker, Podcaster, or whatever you get your podcast on. But um, that 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 is all. Thanks for if, if you are listening. Thanks for staying with us. And uh, I guess we'll say goodbye. Cheers, thanks. Bye. See you Bye. soon. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.